0: setting up systems, and more, so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Jamie Florida is a speech-language pathologist in private practice in Houston, Texas. She started her career in the schools and then transitioned to home health, where she stayed for six years. As the years went on, she began to feel like she was just going through the motions and wasn't challenged. She knew she needed a change and decided to start a private practice to serve kids with all SLP needs, but to start to specialize in dyslexia. Jamie is now three years into her private practice and doing very well, and I cannot wait to share her story with you. So stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice System. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life, and finally get the freedom flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. It's an interesting feeling when you start to feel restless, like you're going through the motions, like you know what to do, but you're no longer challenged or excited by it. I hear this from so many SLPs, regardless of which setting they're in. After a while, you may still have a passion for the field, but your desire to stay in your current setting may be diminishing, and you might be ready for a change, a challenge, something new. Jamie and I first met back in 2018 when she joined the Start Your Private Practice program. She talks about the program and the Facebook group that we have for our members, the Start Group, as a valuable resource and community that has helped her along this journey. I'm so glad that she mentioned it because if you're looking for a change and trying something new, like private practice, it's best to be in a community of people who are going through the same things to get support and guidance from. So when Jamie mentions the Start Group, That's what she's talking about. You can learn more about the Start Your Private Practice program by visiting independentclinician.com. So as you're listening to the interview, I want you to listen for similarities between Jamie's story and your own, because if she can do it, you can do it too. Before we dive in, can you please share your name, your location, and the name of your private practice?
1: yes my name is jamie florida i live in houston texas not florida my practice is westworks learning center so jamie and i have gotten to know each other over the past
0: you know couple of years really and so i've really gotten to see your private practice journey really over the last year for the most part and so you know i can't wait to tell people you know what you're up to now but before we tackle that part Can you please share a little bit about your early career as an SLP and what kind of things might lead you to start thinking about private practice?
1: Yeah, I started my CFY in the school district and kind of partially because I just wanted to get my C's and (laughs) I wasn't really sure where I wanted to go. So I figured, okay, start in the schools. And I didn't love it at the time. So I knew I'm going to get my C's and I'm going to find something else after this. Now that I'm you know, almost 10 years into the field, I wish I would have had a more open mind at that time. So just something to think about. But anyways, I moved on from there. Um, I then moved into home health and I worked for a home health company for about six years. And it was never a scary experience for me. I know a lot of people say like, don't do home health in your first few years because you're on your own, but I love that independence. So that was a big draw for me. And I really worked for a really great company. They were very supportive of my kind of goals and aspirations as a clinician. I went in very new, but I told them, hey, I want to learn about feeding. And they set me up with OTs and they even hired like a clinical feeding specialist to come in and start developing this feeding program. And I think that's kind of where more entrepreneurial side started to grow because wanting to learn how to do feeding therapy led to the creation of this feeding program at the home health company i was working for and uh, the cool part was i started as a student in it led by an ot specialist in feeding and an slp specialist in feeding and then over the 5 to 6 years that i was working there we developed a clinical feeding program where we would train slps and feeding and everything like that and by the time i eventually left the company but by the time i was you know in my fifth and sixth year i was the the lead, the manager of the clinical feeding program. So I think having the idea to want to do something and then spending the time to learn and invest and grow in it and then create something kind of started my desire to go more out on my own eventually. So I, I love that experience and I still have a special place for home health because of the independence and everything you have there. But I did get to a point where I was ready for a change. I wanted to have a new experience. I was very comfortable there and I just wanted to be put in a new environment. So I actually went and worked for an ABA company and the ABA had ABA, ST, and OT, and it was a collaborative model. And I learned a ton about ABA and even the sensory processing pieces of OT. And then that little clinic it's kind of like a mom and pop clinic or a private practice, like what I have, but they ended up getting bought out by a larger ABA company and they decided they didn't want to have speech and OT. So we got let go. And at that point, I think that was about 2018. And I was like, now's the time. Like I I just got, you know, let go. I don't have anything else to lose. and my husband has his own business and my dad has his own business. So it, I had the support of people in my background being like, you know, you can do this. Like, so that was when I first started the the start program, but I never had enough confidence. I always was like, well, what if I fail? Or, you know, maybe I should go get an MBA because I don't know anything about business. Like, how am I going to do accounting and all of that kind of stuff? And I left school. So the thought of getting an MBA was enticing. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't want to go into debt and all this. And my husband and my dad were both like, you don't have business degrees, you know, you can figure it out. So I, like I said, I never had enough confidence to go out and do it right then. But I did start with one private client. I had one little guy that I saw and I still see him, but he was my first kiddo and started to go work at another person's private practice. So I thought, okay, I'm not ready to do it by myself. I'll go work for somebody else's private practice and just kind of see the ins and outs, the day-to-days, make sure that it is something that I want to do. And so I did that. And it was a good experience, but I knew that it just wasn't, that wasn't going to be my long-term thing. I was like, why am I going to do this for somebody else when I know I can do it myself? But it still took a long time to transition that. Like, I know I can do it to like, I know I can do it and I'm going to do it, like putting that action behind it. So eventually it just got to a point where I was like, you know, I don't want to look back in a few years and regret not starting this. So I just, then I went for it. So I'm about, I mean, I guess formally two or three years in from having my first private kiddo, but I like officially formed my LLC and everything like that about a year ago.
0: I love that story. Right. I love, well, I love lots of things about, about your journey. Right. One is that like, you tried a couple of different settings, like, you know, schools, home health. And I love what you said about like how you were just ready for a change, right. You had seen, how you could learn something, right? Like you, you learned the feeding skills, right? That was something you didn't have and you learned how to do it, right? So hopefully somewhere in there, you're like, you know, I okay, I don't have these business skills and yes, I could go get an MBA, but it's, it's really not necessary, right? And so you could learn, right? New things like, you know, the business skills, you know, and that kind of thing. And, you know, I just, I, I love how you, how you stuck with it. Right. And how, and the confidence piece, right. That is something I hear all the time where people say like, oh, you know, she can do it, but people don't have that feeling that they can do it. Right. So at some yeah. point though, you decided, you know what, Jamie, I can do it. Right. So tell everybody what those first, you know, couple of months or, or whatnot was when you decided, okay, I'm going to go for this.
1: There's a lot of different factors in the- one I say jokingly, but is also very true is, so I'm a, I'm a workout junkie and I have the Peloton and all that. And in there, there are these like motivational speakers while you're working out. And it was like the classes I was doing at the time, it was like everything they said in the class. Yeah. I mean, they were talking about your workout, but I'm like, they're talking to me about starting my practice. And I'm not, I mean, it was, they're in your ear and they're in your head and they're, you know, saying you can do hard things. Like, all these like really motivational things. And I just took it as like kind of that sign of, you know, they're telling me to to do this. So that was one of the cheesier things, but, you know, like I said, my husband and my dad both had their own um, practices. And so I always, I grew up with that. And then I'm surrounded by it in my adult life now too. And just seeing that it was possible and knowing that I had supportive people in my corner was really helpful And also helping me navigate some of the business pieces. I mean, they're not in the speech business, but you still have to have a lot of the same things in place when you have your own business. And then I started to specialize in dyslexia. So my husband is dyslexic. There's a big genetic component to it. And we're starting a family. So I knew it was something I wanted to know more about. And as I dug into it a little more, you know, all the the language-based disorder of it and the core deficits of phonological awareness and Oral vocabulary, oral language development. I'm like, why is the speech therapist not more trained in this? So I, you know, did a lot of research and found out what kind of certifications you needed to do dyslexia intervention, and I started that coursework. I'm actually still doing it because it's up to like 700 clinical hours, but um, I've got through the foundation phases and I'm able to see clients that way. And that was a big spur for me to do it to start my practice too because I started getting calls. Once I was finished with the program, they put you in like a referral network and I was starting to get calls and I, I was getting so many calls that it was like, I have so many referrals for dyslexia, but I only have so many hours in the day because I was working at a different home health company now, which I did intentionally for the flexibility to start my business. But, you know, it got to a point where I had too many referrals and not enough time and it just was this big push. Okay, you can do this, you know, and having, I think having that specialty really helped, but I still do a combination of dyslexia and speech therapy too. So that was kind of a big push for me to to really start too. Yeah.
0: Well, it's great to to have that referral source, right? Like that can totally be a push. So for anyone who's listening, who's like, where am I going to get referrals? Like if you've done any like certification programs or those like more advanced CEU courses that are often put on by companies that then you can get on a website and people refer to you that way. Right. Or, you know, some of these more in-demand programs, like, you know, once pediatricians or parents hear about a certain type of program, they get very interested in having their loved one, you know, receive that program or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it can be a great source of referrals for people. And that's exactly what happened with Jamie. Right. Yeah. I love that. Okay. So tell everyone kind of what your practice looks like, like these days, right? Like, so what does kind of, what do things look like and, and tell people, cause I know a little bit about something special that you did over the summer in terms of uh, a camp. So tell everybody about what your practice looks like now and and also about the camp that you ran.
1: Yeah. Well, I, and I'll share too, when I, when I really started my business, I was doing home health, basically. I was driving to patients' homes, um, especially after school, because a lot of dyslexia kids are school aged, so they want after school hours and things. So I was still very much in this kind of like home health type of setting. And I actually remember listening to somebody else's podcast, I can't remember which one, but and it was like, you know, when you're building your practice, don't build something that you don't want. And it's not that I didn't want home health because I I did really, I do enjoy the flexibility and everything around it. But I didn't want to drive all day, every day anymore. Especially when you factor in the time that you're in the car versus productivity and everything. So I sat there and I was like, I'm starting to build a practice that I don't want. Like I didn't want home health, but I wasn't quite ready for the clinic space. And then eventually, you know, once I had enough finances in place and everything like that, it took me probably about six months to feel comfortable to open up a brick and mortar. So I do have a clinic space now and my clinic space has a sensory jam. I have a rock wall that my husband built. I have monkey bars and a therapy swing, a trampoline and a crash pad and some really fun sensory pieces. And then I have two therapy rooms and I was supposed to have one storage room, but I had to quickly turn that into another therapy room because especially over the summer, we had a really big rush and I just had, needed more space already. So that was really exciting. That happened about April. And then over the summer, I started um, running some summer camps and started with just dyslexia summer camp and we did it for two weeks and it was um, a half a day program. We had 10 to 12, seven and eight-year-olds. And after doing that, I give teachers so much respect because <laughs> in speech therapy, you're used to, you know, your one one-on-ones. And I was like, 12, seven-year-olds is a lot, <laughs> but it was so much fun. Our goal with that was really to let kids with dyslexia have an environment that they can thrive in. They get so much, you know, negativity and stress and pressure at school you know, especially feeling like I'm the only kid in my class that can't read. And they recognize that at such a young age. So we wanted them to be in an environment where they were with peers with the similar challenges, but also with similar strengths, because those kids have so many phenomenal strengths. They really thrive with like creativity and building and engineering and stuff like that. So we did have structured like intervention time, but we also like we made birdhouses and we did like art paintings and we made slime and tie dye and did a lot of like hands-on projects that they just loved. And then we had the sensory gym there that gave them lots of movement and breaks and fun. So they didn't feel like, you know, we're just going to summer school or anything like that. And I mean, parents ask me even now, I mean, summer's over. They're like, are you going to do a, a, a winter camp? Are you going to do a spring break camp and all that stuff? So that was really rewarding to hear such good feedback From them and how much their kids enjoyed it. And then I got so many parents wanting a camp that I actually just did a speech therapy camp for a week in August. And I just had so many parents being like, can you do another camp, but for speech therapy and things like that. Like of other patients that were there that would see us in the dyslexia camp and be like, can you do this for speech? So that was really fun too. I actually was out of town for it, but it was cool to be like, I can, and I have therapists that can do it and I'm going to go on vacation. So it was really from a business perspective, rewarding too, to know that I can have this running and not be there too. I mean, in the long-term growth of a business, that's kind of your goal sometimes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's incredible, right? And in a really short amount of time, Jamie, to be able to, you know, have cultivated people who know about you, people who are, you know, coming, having a space that you're like almost growing out of and having other therapists working for you. It really is a really incredible thing when your business can run without you, right. That really is getting to kind of like the next level of business growth is what you have, like the people and the systems and the demand for services and all of those things really to make it happen. So kudos to you for, for making that happen. And also like, these are the kind of things that you can do when you want to, right? Like, do you want to do it over winter break? If you do great. If you're like, Nope, I don't, or my staff doesn't or whatever, like you don't have to do it. But now you have that framework in place that you can run these intensives or camps or whatever you want to call them, you know, whenever you want to.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was scary to not be there. Like for the one where I was out of town and I was, you know, texting everybody, how did it go today? Send me pictures and everything. But I mean that, like I said, that is your goal is that things can run and operate if you're not there. So you have that flexibility in your practice.
0: Okay. I love it. So in addition to maybe doing more camps, you know, finishing up your dyslexia training, what do you see as the next, like, you know, six months to a year for your practice?
1: That's a good question. Well, you know this already. And for our listeners, um, I am currently pregnant so I'm um, halfway through. So I will be due in January, and so I'm. I'm. That's kind of the big focus right now is what is this going to look like. So I'm. I'm planning for growth in my business, but I'm also planning for maternity leave. And you know, do I need to get everybody covered? Or I mean, clients already tell me now we'll just you know we'll wait, we'll take a break and we'll wait. But also wanting to build a caseload for other people so that it can still be running in a successful business while I am out. So there's kind of a lot of moving pieces right now. So I don't have a clear vision just yet, but I mean, ultimately I'd say in the next one to two years, I mean, I'd love to continue to have a stable practice. I do have a very part-time independent contractor right now, and I'd love to get her a more full caseload. And I mean, long-term, I'd love to continue to run some kind of camper education-based program that maybe runs through the school year too, whether it be at a preschool language level or at a dyslexia level. I have a colleague through dyslexia that is a former teacher and um, she helped me with the camps over the summer. I'd love to kind of, we're in the process now of brainstorming, like could we create like a bridge program or something like that, like a K or first grade level program for these struggling readers so she could bring in the education piece And then I could bring in the language piece and then we both have the dyslexia piece in there. So there's kind of a lot of potential goals that we're still working on as far as growing maybe an education type of or preschool to early education type of program in the practice. And then, you know, just continuing to grow through speech therapy and dyslexia therapy. I'm even contemplating having my infinite contractor start the dyslexia training, too, because we've had such a strong referral source in the community for that. So I guess that's a hard question. (laughs) I have a lot of ideas, but I don't know exactly what it's going to take shape as. But that's kind of the fun part, too, of you can brainstorm and you can try things and you can ax them if they don't work. But just having the ability to try is really cool. It's a really cool part of having your own practice.
0: That's right. You have lots of options. Right. And that's what the, this whole private practice thing is really like a choose your own adventure. Right. If you mm-hmm. remember those books from when we were kids. Right. It's like, you know, you can either decide like, like, remember when you were in the home health position and you're like, I don't really like driving all over the place. Right. So I'm I'm going to have a practice. Right. There's other people who are like, oh, I don't want to have a building. I would rather just drive around. Right. So it's like mm-hmm. people can make whatever decisions that they want. And guess what? It can change over time, right? Like yeah. it can absolutely change over time. Your vision changes and, and how you do it. And obviously congratulations on the baby.
1: Thank and you.
0: I think that's wonderful too, to be able to kind of think like, okay, how can I set up my business to support my life? Right. Yes. Cause you're in this really unique position where you have a business and they already proved that, it, that, you know, the camp could run without you. Right. Mm And so having those systems in place and having, you know, a setup where, you know, maybe when you're on maternity leave, maybe you don't bring in maybe quite as much money as you do now, or, you know, Hey, maybe you make more, you never know. Right. But it's like really cool to be able to make these decisions like with you and your family in mind. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Having that and this, the long-term flexibility for that is really important to me too. Just knowing, you know, You know, if my kids love sports or anything like that, you know, knowing I I have the ability to in the future, take off in the afternoons or, you know, go to their games and all that kind of stuff and not have to feel the pressure of, you know, meeting a certain quota or you know, having to be somewhere till five o'clock. So that definitely that long-term flexibility has always been a big motivator for me too.
0: I love that. Okay, before we wrap up, do you have any other last minute either advice or, you know, lessons that you've learned that you want to share maybe with somebody who's listening and thinking like, I don't know, I've got that confidence issue, you know, that, that you talked about, you know, what would you say to that person who's listening and thinking like, this sounds really good and I'm like about to do it, but.
1: <laughs> I, I think, I don't, I don't know how to put it into words sometimes, being part of that Start community is so huge and so important because there is, I mean, every single one of us has been in that spot where we had to make that choice. And it's so comforting to be in a community that supports you that way. And there's been quite a few in the Houston area that have, we've got our own little Facebook chat and everything. And we, you know, all ask questions, even just in our littler group of in our like direct area, you know, we and we've shared materials and we've referred clients to each other and it's just an awesome community to be a part of. So I think just taking advantage of that is one thing. And yeah, I mean, I know it's easier said than done, but just going for it, you know, if it fails, fails, I don't mean to say it in such a negative way. If it doesn't go the way you want it to go, there's always something else, you know, it's kind of that thing. If, if plan A doesn't work, there's 26 or 25 other letters, you know, and I think exactly how you recommend it. Like, start, just start small, start where you can start with what you have. It doesn't have to look exactly how you want it to on the first day, but you have the ability to, to grow, but you have to start and you have to give it that chance. So that's my motivational speech.
0: (laughs) I love it. I love it. Right. Maybe, maybe, you know, I love how you were talking to about the Peloton people, right. Giving all that extra boost of confidence. Like I totally know, I don't do Peloton, but I, I, I listen to like, you know, some different, you know, motivational stuff and it really like, you can apply it to what you want to apply it to. Right. So, so listeners, you know, as you were listening to Jamie and I talk, like, you know, if there were things that she said that you're like, oh my gosh, like, I'm just like that too. Right. Maybe like, maybe you're pregnant or maybe you also like dyslexia or maybe you live in Houston, like who knows. Right. It's like really great to be able to think like, Hey, this is someone you just heard me interview someone who wasn't sure if she could do it, but look at her, you know, not that long later, having this like growing practice. So I am so proud of you, Jamie, and what you've accomplished. And I can't wait to see, you know, what the next year and more has in store for you. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you for your time. And thank you for all this information.
1: Yeah. Thank you for your time. And I'll talk to you later.
0: All right. Thanks. Isn't Jamie incredible? I love her energy, her drive, and her commitment to working with a clinical population that she's interested in and inspired by. How cool too that she's grown so quickly and is on a path to grow even more during maternity leave and beyond. Jamie touched on something really important, which was confidence issues when she was first starting and whether she had enough confidence. Here's what I've learned about confidence over the years. That confidence comes from doing things. You can't just wait around and become more confident. You have to take action and do the thing and build your confidence. How can you expect to become confident about something that you've never done, right? I also love how Jamie's a learner and how she taught herself that if she wants to learn how to do something, she commits to learning it and doing it. I also love how she's a learner and how she's taught herself that if she wants to learn how to do something, she commits to learning it and doing it. Although Jamie has a husband and family members who have their own businesses, none of them run speech therapy private practices. Jamie is one of the private practitioners who came through my program, the Start Your Private Practice program. And no, you don't need an MBA to start a private practice, but you do need to know what to do and this is exactly what I'll show you. We will open enrollment again soon, and I wanna make sure that you are on the waitlist. So head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash wait and sign up. When you join the program, you'll get access to the exact same training videos, checklists, worksheets, and the start group for ongoing support, just like Jamie had to help her get to where she is today. So if you're the kind of person who is ready for a change and knows that private practice is the only way to get more freedom, flexibility and financial abundance in your life, then you need to join this program. Again, you can get on our waiting list and be notified as soon as we reopen over at startyourprivatepractice.com/waitlist. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice. I decided to invest in the Start Your Private Practice program. Because I honestly had no idea where to start. (laughs) And I just didn't really have the confidence or the know-how to be able to do that. So it was really nice to have a system that was all set up for me. I didn't have to reinvent the wheel or start from scratch, it was all there for me. And I was able to land a client within about the first week and a half of me going public with my private practice.
1: So now I have 12 clients. It is such an invigorating and amazing experience.
0: If you want help to start your speech therapy private practice, then head on over to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist so that you will be notified as soon as we reopen the doors to the Start Your Private Practice system. Again, that's startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist. I cannot wait to help you start your private practice.